and welcome to the show to be named later where we're talking baseball kind of whenever i am your host christian over there on the other side of the screen is daniel curran how you doing daniel i'm a little emotional chris this is the last time you will ever be saying and welcome to the show to be named later that is true this is our final full episode uh under the show to be named later marquee uh yeah finally we uh yeah we're we're naming the show i think you know it'll be a i think it'll be a nice quality transition but uh you know it was our name for about 15 months we never i don't think we ever really thought this day would come yeah me me neither and like you know show to be named later it was a good shtick but i think it's even a better shtick if we actually named the show yeah we gotta we gotta hold true with our promises yeah we we had a promise every single show that it would be named later and uh you know what we're coming into a new year uh this is being released on new year's eve so uh our new year's resolution is to change the name of the show for later to come and it has arrived yes and yeah i think it i think it is good timing like if you just have no name for over a year and then you actually name it i think that's 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 kind of funny uh if uh it's it's a funny image. I I might just we might just leave the uh, previous episodes named like STB and L, and then we'll have just we'll just have our new yeah. name. So it's like uh yeah, it's like the live ball era and the dead ball era. We're about to escape the dead ball era. Yeah, ex- exactly. That's a great reference. Great reference. Tomorrow we're essentially you know people are people are talking about twenty twenty one. We're basically coming into nineteen twenty. Pretty much, yeah. We're uh yeah. Like uh, 2020. So today is uh, December 30. Today is December 31st, 1919. Uh, we want to thank you guys for for listening uh, through the first year plus of the show to be named later. But uh, yeah, later is coming. Yeah, I mean, if uh, 2020 would be considered a dead ball year, like it, if definitely. Yeah, you know, we we make the we make the jokes uh, about it, but it really <laughs> it really was. But yeah, this is our uh, our final episode, final full ep- episode under the emblem show to be named later. And we're going to be talking about Nolan Ryan on the first part of the episode and the 1998 Yankees on the second part, which technically won't be our first episode of the new year, although it will be the second part of an episode that will be released on the new year. Uh, but our first full show of the new year we will have the uh we will have the new name that's right um Um, i'm glad that to finish off the year and to finish off the um the name we're getting one arguably the best pitcher of all time and arguably the best team of all time yeah there's they're definitely in those uh in those conversations in those conversations for sure so we got nolan ryan nolan ryan uh, was born in Refugio, Texas, I believe is how it's pronounced. It could be a silent G, uh, R-E-F-U-G-I-O. So pronounce it however you feel. It could be Refugio, could be re- uh, Refugio, maybe a silent G there. But he was born there, born in Texas, uh, another Texas, Florida, Texas, California guy. And I feel like most people know he's from Texas. 
Uh, Nolan Ryan is also a descendant of John Hancock, uh, who is the first man to sign the Declaration of Independence, possibly the most famous signature ever. What Uh, a wild, like, connection here. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, who would have thought the, the first the first signer of the Declaration of Independence and most strikeout strikeout leader. Yeah. <laughs> just uh just a wild connection. Not even yeah, because Nolan Ryan's not in like it's just a baseball player and a guy who signed the who is a political guy. And mm-hmm. Nolan Ryan's it's not like a political dynasty or anything. It's just uh it's just two two famous people for uh, very, very different reasons. But yeah, Nolan Ryan, uh, his family. So yeah, he was born in Refugio, Texas. He's a descendant of John Hancock. And uh, his family moved to Alvin, Texas when uh, Nolan was six weeks old. And he began playing baseball when he was seven years old uh, with his father in their yard. And also uh, Ryan would deliver newspapers from 1 to 4 a.m. every morning between the ages of 8 and 18. Uh, he was one of those kids who had a who had a paper route. We don't really see that. Uh, we don't really have that today, really. And especially, you know, guys that just get on bikes and deliver papers. But uh, Ryan, uh, by the time he was a junior in high school, he was able to throw a softball over 300 feet uh, a full football field. And in his junior year, he was averaging two strikeouts per inning. And uh, this was attracting major league scouts. And when New York Mets scout Red Murph recalled the first time he saw Nolan Ryan, he said, quote, the night before I had seen the two fastest pitchers in the national league at the time, Jim Maloney and Turk Farrell. Nolan Ryan was already faster than both of them by far. So he was already being compared to big leaguers and, you know, in terms of his fastball was better than big leaguers uh, before he, before he even touched a a big league mound uh, before he even touched a professional mound. And Ryan uh, was also able to, get some opportunities to look at some major leaguers. So with the MLB expanding into Houston uh, in 1963, which was when Ryan was 16 years old, uh, Ryan could go see the Colt 45s uh, slash Astros games, as they would eventually be called. And most importantly, when the Dodgers came to town, he could watch Sandy Koufax pitch. And he became so mesmerized with Koufax. Yeah, episode 44, uh, part one of episode 44, alum. And uh, Ryan became so mesmerized with Koufax that he would not speak to his girlfriend during his performances, uh, even though even though she was there, uh, he was so mesmerized, he, he couldn't really communicate with anybody. And in Ryan's senior year, he pitched 27 of his team's 32 games, he started 20 of them and struck out 211 batters uh, in, in a high school season. And <laughs> according to Society of American Baseball Research, here's a quote. It says, quote, Alvin head coach Jim Watson and, 
the other players on the 65 team described Ryan's senior year performance with the same term wheel horse. That meant that the, that meant the horse is closest to the wagon who pulls the heaviest share of the load and Ryan's statistics proved it on March 25th, 1965, Ryan pitched a seven inning complete game shutout the next day in a double header. He appeared as a reliever in the opener and threw three innings, giving up one run and striking out five. In the nightcap, he started the game, pitched five innings, gave up one hit, and struck out 10 in a 9-2 victory. On April 1 and 3, in the, spa- in the space of 48 hours, Ryan pitched back-to-back complete game victories. Then he kicked it up a notch. Uh, to reach the state playoffs... Ryan pitched a no-hitter against Brenham on June 10th, striking out 12. His inside fastballs caused opposing hitters' bats to break with such frequency that fans complained, genuinely believing his pitches had razor blades attached to them. Five days later in the state semifinals, Ryan threw two shutout innings, threw a two-hit shutout against Snyder, striking out nine. And uh, that's the uh, that's the end of the quote from Society of American Baseball Research. He was pitching any day, any day you asked him, he would be pitching in the span of 48 hours, throwing complete game shutouts uh, Two complete game. In in high school baseball in New York State, that's not even allowed. Like if you throw a certain amount of pitches, you have you. It's a law that you have to sit for a certain amount of time. So that cannot happen in New York State today. No, neither. Neither in Connecticut. They uh, they implemented some. They implemented some pitch count rules a, a few yeah. years back, and uh, Same here. I understand it. But I mean, it it didn't affect Nolan Ryan. He was still able to he throw was, five thousand yeah. innings in the big leagues. It's uh, pretty crazy. But Ryan was definitely built different. And uh, earlier in that high school season, Ryan cracked the helmet of the first batter he faced. Uh, then he broke the arm of the second battery faced, which caused the third batter to refuse getting into the box until his coach shamed him into going up to the plate uh, where that man would just watch three strikes go by, uh, Ryan seemingly settling in and throwing three fastballs right down the middle, easy strikeout of his life, presumably. And uh, during that season also, uh, the mitt of the catcher developed a tear which turned into a pretty sizable hole, uh, which was from Nolan Ryan's fastball. And the catcher's offensive performance dropped considerably his senior year because it became hard to grip the bat after catching Nolan Ryan. And when Nolan Ryan started on May 20th, uh, he came in with his strength a bit depleted as his coach had had the team run endless wind sprints the day before because of the team's lack of concentration during practice. And he did not perform as well on this day, May 20th, uh, or throw as hard as he normally did because of this, uh, which was very unfortunate because Red Murph, who was the Mets scout who had been following uh, Nolan Ryan, that scout brought the Mets scouting director to that game uh, just to kind of show off Nolan Ryan. And it was just weeks leading up to the first MLB draft ever. Uh, and, you know, this game dropped his dropped his uh, draft stock 
considerably because uh, he did not seem as amazing as he as he actually was because of his depleted strength. And ultimately, Nolan Ryan was selected in the 12th round with the 295th overall pick in the 1965 MLB draft, uh, which transitioned him into his professional career after a legendary high school career. You know, Nolan Ryan could have just had just ultimate glory after high school, but then he decided to pitch in the big leagues and he started out mostly in the minors. In 1965, he had a 435 ERA, not great run prevention, but his strikeout numbers were pretty incredible. 11.3 strikeouts per nine. Mind you, this is 1965 where you're not actually supposed to strike out 11.3 strikeouts per nine. This is in 120 innings of rookie ball. And then in 1966, he was even more impressive. A 236 ERA, 236, and 13.7 Ks per nine in 202 innings between high A and double A. And this success led him to being called up to the Mets in 1966, where he made his major league debut on September 11th of that year at the age of 19 years and 223 days old. He struck out the first batter he faced and then struck out another SDBNL history alum, Eddie Matthews, looking two, looking two batters later. So already uh, with the strikeouts is Nolan Ryan. And he ended up allowing one run in two innings, uh, not great, but, you know, he's only 19 years old. And in his first start, which occurred on September 18th, he allowed four runs in one inning, uh, and he pitched four – he only pitched one inning, allowed four runs on four hits and two walks. Not very good. And then in 1967, he had an arm injury, and he only pitched 34 innings that year. And during the 1967 season, the team doctor recommended surgery for Ryan, but he refused because he did not want to – get premature surgery on an arm that was described as one of the best ever, which is fair. Uh, it's now you can't really knock him for that. So now he finds footing in flushing in 1968. He recorded his first win in Houston after going 6.2 innings pitched uh, scoreless with eight strikeouts and through his first five starts, he was dominating a 102 ERA 11.2 strikeouts per nine and only allowed one extra base hit through the first 35 and a third innings of that season. And then he continued on. During his first 11 starts, he had a 198 ERA, 9.9 strikeouts per nine, and a 187 average against in 77 and a third innings pitched. Uh, he already was making his impact. National League hitters were saying his fastball was already faster than Sandy Koufax's. The 1967 NL MVP, Orlando Cepeda, said, quote, Nolan Ryan is the best young pitcher I've ever seen in the major leagues. Uh, but unfortunately, he kind of dwindled down from the remainder of the season, a 461 ERA in 56 and two-thirds innings pitched from that point on. His innings in total were limited in this year and every year when he played for the Mets as he had to serve uh, in the Army Reserves every other weekend, uh, which is pretty wild. And he ended up with a 309 ERA, a 3.33 FIP, and of course, because this is the year of the pitcher 1968, a 98 ERA plus 309 ERA wasn't good enough and an eight, 8.9 strikeouts per nine and 134 innings pitched and minimum 130 pit 30 innings pitched. Ryan actually led the league in strikeouts per nine. So now we move on to 1969 and uh, I feel like most people have heard about the 1969 Mets and uh, I feel like not a lot of people know that not Nolan Ryan was actually a part of this team was. and Ryan in 1969, 
started 10 games and relieved 15 games. Uh, was sort of a spot starter in a, in a sense. He ended up posting a 3.53 ERA, a 2.70 FIP, and a 104 ERA plus, and 9.3 strikeouts per nine through 89 and a third innings pitched. Uh, the Mets went 162 for the best record in the National League, clinching a spot in the first National League Championship Series ever, and also the first Mets postseason appearance ever. And the Mets went up 2-0 in the series against the Braves, uh, putting them one win away from winning the pennant because the LCS was a best of five uh, from 1969 to 1984. And Mets starter Gary Gentry allowed two runs through the first two innings and then a single and double uh, to start the third. So the manager called Nolan Ryan from the bullpen in this game three. And in the third, with men on second and third, he struck out the first batter he saw, then intentionally walked Orlando Sapita, then struck out the batter after that, and then got the next batter to fly out. So that's the definition of getting out of a jam. Uh, Nolan Ryan was able to do that in the playoffs at a young age. And the Mets took a 3-2 to lead in the bottom of that inning. Then in the top of the fifth, Nolan Ryan allowed a two-run home run to make it 4-3, to and then after that home run, uh, Ryan went four and a third innings pitch scoreless, allowing only two base runners and striking out four batters. And the Mets t- uh, retook the lead in the bottom of the fifth. Uh, so Ryan, with these scoreless innings, was able to clinch the Mets' first pennant ever. We're going to take a look at it. So Nolan Ryan uh, has a gutsy performance throwing seven innings pitched, two runs allowed uh, to close out the game ultimately and and earn the victory. And uh, in game three of the World Series, uh, Gary Gentry uh, had a much better performance than he did in game three of the NLCS. Uh, he went six and two thirds scoreless uh, and then loaded the bases in the seventh. So then Nolan Ryan was called on again in this game three uh, to uh, hold off the hold off the Orioles. That'll be here in a moment. There's a break in the action here at Shea Stadium, New York. The count is 0-2. It is a fly ball. It'll be tough to get to. A.G. is going, and A.G. takes a down. They are pitch. Deep left field, and it is Cleon Jones at the wall, and A.G. makes the catch. A.G. and Jones both there, and A.G. took the fly ball at the wall. Pitch. Second out with a fastball. Second strikeout for Ryan. 
Nolan Ryan working in relief of Gary Gentry, who is the pitcher of record. A high fly ball to short right field. Rod Gasper is there. One away. Tommy Agee's performance here at Shea Stadium today will go down in World Series record books as one of those great days that fans remember. That's a drive to right. Gasper right there. This will be a two-strike delivery. Struck him out with the curveball, and the New York Mets win the ball game. Gary Gentry gets the win, and the Mets go up two games to one over the Orioles. So Nolan Ryan sits the Orioles down. Uh, hope hope you're watching the the videos with us because that last curveball is the definition of knee buckling. Guy thought a fastball was coming straight for his head, and it ended up dropping into the zone. Uh, Ryan ended up going two and a third innings pitched, allowing one hit, two walks, and striking out three, earning the save. And the Mets uh, won that series in five games, which made Nolan Ryan a World Series champion early in his career. Not a bad way to start out, but now we go into a new decade in 1970. Not as eventful for Nolan Ryan, personally, especially because the Mets weren't in the playoffs, but nonetheless very good. He started 19 games and also relieved an eight. Overall, he posted a 3.42 ERA, a 4.03 FIP, 118 ERA+, plus, 8.5 strikeouts per nine, but this is the issue, 6.6 .6 walks per nine. The walk, the walk numbers got to go down, and 131 and two-thirds innings pitched, and he allowed a, he allowed a 180 batting average against with runners in scoring position. So was able to get out of jams, jams pretty efficiently. So now we move on to 1971. In his first 15 appearances, 13 of which were starts, he posted a 207 ERA and in 100 innings pitched. However, in his final 15 appearances, also of which he started 13, he put up a 7.62 ERA, 10 walks per nine, and a 451 OBP against in 52 innings and the Mets went two and 13 in those games. Overall, he had a 3.97 ERA, a 3.92 FIP, 86 ERA plus and 6.9 walks per nine and 152 innings pitched. And with him being out of place in the Mets rotation, which seemed to be full at the time, his army reserve schedule and not uh, getting the full, you know, instruction from the Mets pitching coach, Ryan kind of had a falling out with the Mets and he told his wife that if the Mets didn't trade him after the 1971 season, that he was going to quit baseball because he just couldn't do both anymore, but he would get his wish on December 10th, 1971, he was traded with three other players to the California angels for Jim for, for gross, for grossy, for Gosey. for Gosey. Jim for Gosey. And he ended up going, uh, he ended up getting 526 plate appearances with the Mets and Ryan uh, ended up facing 9,178 batters with the Angels. So I uh, think it's pretty apparent who won that trade. Yeah, ex exactly. So now we head into uh, a very in incredible three-year stretch from Nolan Ryan, uh, 1972 to 1974. He's having some historic games for sure, and also some historic seasons. And uh, Ryan's uh, Nolan Ryan's Army re Reserves duty was complete at this point, uh, so he was fully committed to playing baseball. 
uh, was able, now he would be able to start every fourth or fifth day. And the pitching coach for the Angels helped uh, Nolan Ryan change his delivery and develop a sharp breaking curveball. And here's a quote from Society of American Baseball Research once again. Quote, inclined initially as a young pitcher toward the use of homespun remedies, Ryan tried, tried treating a sore right elbow in his first year as an angel by rubbing rattlesnake oil on the joint. What proved to be more successful than the snake oil, however, was the weight conditioning program he started in California to build up his arm and entire body. Before 1972, baseball quote-unquote experts had concluded that weight training made a player too muscle-bound, causing him to lose smooth movement necessary for arm speed in a pitcher and bat speed as in a hitter. Nolan Ryan became the first big league pitcher to enhance his performance through the use of weights. It's weight conditioning, not weight lifting, he later explained. I was not trying to see how much weight I could lift. I was trying to lift the right weights in the right way, unquote. So kind of a, a little inside scoop on what made Nolan Ryan able to throw so many innings and stay strong throughout the years. Uh, he was sort of, you know, revolutionary in a, in a sense with that. And in 1972, he started 39 games and he threw 284 innings pitched uh, by far career highs at that point. And in his final 11 starts, normally he was, uh, normally he was starting off very well and closing out very bad, but this time he was closing out extremely good in his final 11 starts he put up a 1.19 ERA, 4.7 hits per nine, and 10.7 strikeouts per nine in 98 and two-thirds innings pitched. Uh, in that 1972 season, he ended up finishing sixth in innings pitched with 284, uh, seventh in ERA with a 2.28 ERA, seventh in ERA plus with a 128, and third in FIP with a 2.49. He also led the league in shutouts with nine, hits per nine with 5.3, strikeouts with 329, and strikeouts per nine with 10.4. He finished fifth in B-War and sixth in F-War in 1972, and he ended up finishing eighth in the Cy Young vote and 30th in the MVP vote. And his 5.3 hits per nine are the lowest in a single season with 150-plus innings pitched also his 10 games his 10 games with nine plus innings pitched 10 plus strikeouts and less than five hits allowed are the most games in a season in the history of game logs and it is the only season in baseball history with 327 plus strikeouts and less than 180 hits allowed so this leads into his 1973 season, which may not ultimately be better, but it's definitely more remembered for a variety of different reasons. And on May 15th, uh, Nolan Ryan no-hit the Kansas City Royals, uh, striking out 12 batters. And on July 15th, exactly two months later, uh, Nolan Ryan... Had a, had a good day for himself once again. 
Detroit Tigers, 6-0. On this day, Ryan was truly awesome. His first pitch was a sharp breaking curveball that hit umpire Ron Luciano in the shin. When Nolan has this kind of stuff, the batters are simply overmatched. He struck him out looking. He struck him out swinging. He fanned him with a heat. He got him with a curve. It was no contest as Nolan Ryan rang up 17 strikeouts. Nolan was so overpowering that Norm Cash came to the plate in the ninth with a table leg instead of a bat. Umpire Luciano made Cash use a real bat, but table leg or Louisville slugger, it made no difference as Cash went down to end the game. Also a record time strikeout performance. Here it comes. I think that one by far was the most dominating. I had probably the best curveball and uh, command of my fastball in that game uh, more so than, say, any of the others. As the year progressed. So Nolan Ryan uh, puts together an amazing no-hitter for his second career no-hitter. Uh, had 17 strikeouts, and his 17 strikeouts are tied for the most in a no-hitter. And he is the only man to have multiple 12-plus strikeout no-hitters in the same season. How about that? And on August 29th, he allowed a hit to the he allowed a hit to the Yankees with one man out in the first inning, and then allowed no more hits in his remaining eight and two-thirds innings pitched uh, as he completed a one-hit shutout in that game. So if not for that, if not for that hit, would have had a third one. And on September 27th, in his final start, Nolan Ryan came into the, came into the game with 367 strikeouts on the year, uh, which was 15 away from tying Sandy Koufax's modern era single season record and 16 away from breaking it. And Nolan Ryan might have had this in mind because he struck out nine batters through the first four innings, 11 through the first five, and 14 through the first seven innings and with two outs and a man on second in the eighth inning uh nolan ryan had two strikes on a man and was looking to see what he could do for strikeout number 15 and the crowd starting to build in its enthusiasm some fans already standing on their feet and there are very few, as you look at the crowd in the lower deck behind the Angel dugout, they're up on the edge of the seat, same in the mezzanine off to the right. They start applauding. They want one more strike. That would tie Koufax. Ryan straightens. Here's the pitch. He's got him. Nolan Ryan 1965 and for history will go to the ninth in a moment so Nolan Ryan ties the record uh, set by Sandy Koufax in 1965 only eight years prior and uh, Nolan Ryan was one strikeout away from breaking 
that record. And in the top of the ninth, uh, he got ahead with a 1-2 count on the leadoff hitter, Rod Carew. And Carew, who had the ninth lowest strikeout percentage in the American League among qualifiers that year, ended up popping out to the second baseman. Then the next batter, he got ahead on a 1-2 count. This hitter was Tony Oliva. Tony Oliva, who had the fourth lowest strikeout percentage in the American League among qualifiers, ended up flying out to right. And then Harmon Killebrew singled with two men out. And then the batter after him flew out to left field, finishing the top of the ninth and uh, seemingly maybe finishing Nolan Ryan's uh, fight to break Sandy Koufax's record. However, the game was tied four to four and the angels did not score in the bottom of the ninth. So now Nolan Ryan had a second chance at, uh, at breaking that record. And in the top of the 10th, Nolan Ryan got ahead with a two, two count on the leadoff hitter, uh, George Mitterwald, but Mitterwald ended up singling. Uh, on that 2-2 count. Then the second hitter grounded into a double play early in the count. The third hitter of the 10th inning singled early in the count, and the fourth hitter popped out to second early in the count. But the Angels went down 1-2-3 in the bottom of the 10th. And then in the top of the 11th, Ryan comes out uh, f- comes out to uh, break the record. Ryan got ahead with a 1-2 count on the leadoff hitter. Um, And this was the same hitter that uh, he tied Koufax's record on. But uh, that hitter grounded out to short. And then he walked Rod Carew, the batter, after that. Then after him, Tony Oliva flew out to center on a 2-1 count. And this brought up Rich Reese, who had pinch run for Harmon Killebrew. So he was not there for offensive reasons. And on uh, Nolan Ryan's second strike to Reese, uh, Rod Carew took off for second. And normally, normally you're you're rooting for you're rooting for the uh, catcher to get Rod Carew out, but this was really not the case uh, with uh, in this game. So here's the audio. Strike pitch. There goes Carew. Swing and a miss. The throw to second base. Not in time. A close play. And the crowd cheers the call of second base umpire Lou DeMuro. It was very close. The crowd wanted Carew to be safe because Ryan now has two strikes on Ryan, on uh, Rich Reese. So the go-ahead scores at second. 41 steals for Carew. Two strike pitch coming up. Ryan sets. Here it is. Swung out and missed. Nolan Ryan is the major league strikeout king of all time. He walks off the mound. His teammates come over to greet him one by one. The crowd standing and cheering. Ryan strikes out Rich Reese. 383 strikeouts in this. Incredible records in Major League history. 383 for Nolan Ryan. 
So Nolan Ryan, after facing uh, 10 or 11 straight batters without a strikeout and having to go into extras, he finally breaks Sandy Koufax's record. And uh, we actually can go to a video of the strikeout as that was audio only. Uh, but it was not really in a in the best form. It's not very high quality. But let's take a look at this uh, at the video of the strikeout. Eleven innings later, Rich Reese went for number three eighty three. The record was Ryan. Was Nolan Ryan the fastest pitcher in baseball in nineteen seventy? So there it is. There's the. There's the record breaker, and he remains the record holder of the modern era single season strikeout record with 383 strikeouts. And that game was also his 20th 10 strikeout game, which remains a single season record. How about that? And the Angels, uh, the Angels walked it off in the bottom of the 11th, uh, which gave. Nolan Ryan, the win on top of it all. And in the 1973 season, he ended up finishing third in innings pitched with 326, uh, eighth in whip with a 1.23, sixth in strikeout to walk ratio with 2.4, second in FIP with 2.49, fourth in ERA with 2.87, and sixth in ERA plus with a 123. What also also should be noted is he broke the strikeout record in the first year of the DH. So he really he really earned this one. He was not facing any pitchers uh, in this 1973 season, and he led the league in strikeouts, obviously with 383, and he led the league in strikeouts per nine with 10.6, and he finished fourth in the league in B WAR and second in the league in F WAR, and he finished second in the Cy Young vote and 17th in the MVP vote. And it is the only season in baseball history with 300 plus innings and 10.5 plus strikeouts per nine. How about that? And his 1972 and 1973 seasons are the only seasons in the live ball era by a pitcher uh, before their age 27 season with more than 325 strikeouts. Some incredible years there for Ryan, but now we got to move on to 1974. On June 14th, he threw a 13-inning game where he struck out 19 batters and walked 10 in a win over the Red Sox. Unfortunately, we don't have access to what his pitch count was, but I mean, one can only imagine. I mean, over under 150. I take the over. 150. I was thinking 250. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like a lot of the non-strikeouts are probably like one pitch at bats. The non strikeouts or walks. I don't, I don't know. I would disagree. Back then, 19, though, like 19 strikeouts, 10 walks. I feel like a lot of guys got deep into counts anyway. Maybe. And, uh, and I know Sandy, we did cover uh, a Sandy Koufax game where he threw 205. So it's not out of. Uh, I wonder why he was out of the league by age 30. Yeah, but. <laughs> But then again, this guy was in at age 46, so we'll see that later. Yeah. Anyway, on August 12th, he struck out 19 batters in nine innings in a win over the Red Sox, the same team. This tied the MLB record, single-game record, for strikeouts during regulation and set an AL record for strikeouts during regulation. 
uh, on August 20th, he allowed one run, and you guessed it, he struck out 19 batters in 11 innings in a loss to the Tigers. And his three 19 strikeout games in 1974 are the most in a single season in the history of game logs. On September 28th, he threw a 15 strikeout no hitter against the Twins. That is his third of his career. And he ended up finishing seventh in the RA with a 289 and fourth and fifth with a 298. He led the league in innings pitch with 332 in two thirds innings. He led in hits per nine with six flat. He led in strikeouts, of course, with 367 and strikeouts per nine with a 9.9. He finished eighth in B War and third in F War, third in the Cy Young vote, 14th in the MVP vote. And his three seasons with 325 plus strikeouts before their age 27 season are the most such seasons in baseball history before age 27. So now we go into a little bit of a rough patch in Nolan Ryan's career, injury and mediocrity between 1975 and 76. The first of said years, on June 1st, he threw a no-hitter uh, in a one nothing win over the Orioles. So that's pretty cool. His four no-hitters before turning 29 are the most such no-hitters. He is also the only man alive or dead in baseball history to have four no-hitters in the span of three seasons. Pretty incredible stuff. In his next start, he didn't allow a hit until there were two men out, two men out in the sixth inning, and that snapped his streak of 54 consecutive batters face without allowing a hit. And this game ended as a two-hit shutout for Ryan. Uh, unfortunately, after that start, he put up a 4.82 ERA and 6.5 walks per nine in 93 innings pitched. Then his season ended in August when he got when he had to get a bone chip removed from his elbow. Uh, he ended up with a 3.45 ERA, 3.67 FIP, and a 102 ERA plus in 198 innings pitched. But he finished sixth in strikeouts still with 186. So now we go to 1976, and he entered the month of September with an 11 and 17 record and a 3.91 ERA. Not very good. In September, he went six and one with six complete games, three shutouts, 11.1 strikeouts per nine, 3.2 hits per nine and a 1-3-3 ERA. He really turned his season around there. And he ended up with a 3-3-6 ERA, a 2-9-1 FIP, and a 99 ERA plus in 284 innings pitched. Seventh in innings pitched with 284. Sixth in FIP, and finished fourth in F4. He, he led the league in shutouts with seven, hits per nine with 6.1, strikeouts with 327, and Ks per nine with 10.1. Despite the average year, his excellent September may have set a momentum for the next season. So now we're in a new era of Nolan Ryan. We've closed out the injury and mediocrity. Uh, now we have some both individual success and team success, sometimes together, sometimes separately. So his 1977 season was an individual success. Nolan Ryan in 1977 kept his ERA below three, for the entire season and he finished third in innings pitched with 299 third in era with a 2.77 fourth and fifth with a 3.12 and third in era plus with a 141 and that was a career best era plus at the time uh, unknowingly to anybody uh, as no one was following that at the time and also in 1977 he led the league in complete games with 22 Home runs per nine with only 0.4 home runs per nine 
Hits per nine once again with 6.0. Strikeouts with 341 and strikeouts per nine with 10.3. And he ended up finishing second in both B-War and F-War. And he finished third in the Cy Young and 24th in the MVP vote. And it is the only season in the live ball era with 340 plus strikeouts, less than 200 hits allowed, and less than 15 home runs allowed. And this was his fifth season with 325 plus strikeouts, and he was in his age 30 season. No one else in baseball history has more than two seasons with 325 plus strikeouts through their age 30 season. So he's got five of those seasons. No one else has more than two. Now on to 78. So unfortunately in this year, he was actually sidelined from June 10th to July 5th with an injury. But nonetheless, he ended up with a 372 ERA, a 296 FIP, and a 98 ERA plus in 234 and two-thirds innings pitched. He led the league in strikeouts with 260 and strikeouts per nine with a, a 10 flat. This ended up getting him fifth in F war and his six qualifying seasons with 9.9 Ks per nine uh, through his age 31 seasons are the most such seasons in MLB history through an age 31 season. And uh, wouldn't you know it, the angels have a superstar player, but they aren't doing very well as a team. Where have we ever seen that before? The angels in 1978 finished over 500 for the first time in Ryan's stint there and finished top two in the division for the first time in franchise history, but they still didn't make the playoffs. And that may change in 1979, uh, where Nolan Ryan has an interesting season for himself. Through the first half, uh, Nolan Ryan had a 2.54 ERA, 9.9 strikeouts per nine, only 3.8 walks per nine, and 5.8 hits per nine through 145 and, an, and a third innings pitched. And that would earn him the start for the American League in the 1979 All-Star Game. But early, early in the second half, he strained a muscle in his right elbow, and he likely came out to due to injury on July 25th, uh, where, you know, I, I didn't get the information from Society of, of American Baseball Research, but according to his game logs, uh, on J- July 25th, he only pitched one inning uh, where he didn't allow didn't even allow any base runners and then he didn't come back until august 13th so he had an injury and med came back too early in the second half ultimately he put up a 5.59 era with 7.3 strikeouts per nine which is very low for ryan 6.1 walks per nine and 8.8 hits per nine through 77 in the third innings pitch so that was his second half and ended up on the season uh, still very, very respectable. 3.60 ERA, 3.22 FIP, and a 113 ERA plus in 222 and two-thirds innings pitch. He ended up finishing third in FIP uh, that year in 1979, and he led the league in shutouts with five, hits per nine with 6.8, strikeouts with 223, and strikeouts per nine with 9.0. And he also ended up finishing fifth in F war. And the California Angels went 88 and 74 and won the American League West, putting them in the playoffs for their first time in their 19 year history. So in game one, 
in game one of the American League Championship Series. Ryan was on the bump pitching in the Angels' first playoff game ever, and he struck out the first four batters and five of his first six. Then he allowed two unearned runs in the third inning, then allowed one earned run in the fourth, and held the Orioles scoreless in his three innings after that. He ended up going seven innings pitched, allowing four hits, three walks, one earned run, and eight strikeouts. And he left the game with game tied, uh, but the Angels ended up losing in extra innings. And the Angels ended up losing that series in four games. Uh, Not getting swept, though, but a gentleman's sweep. And after the season, Ryan went into free agency. And many years before, uh, he had remarked, "I'd I'd buy my own bus ticket to get to Houston if I could pitch for the Astros. So he definitely had that hometown love. And the Astros, luckily... Uh, in 1980, we're kind of in a Mets situation. Had a new owner, John McMullen, uh, who signed Nolan Ryan to a historic deal. Uh, Ryan signed a three-year deal and became the first athlete on any professional sports team to be paid over $1 million per year. Uh, he did that with the Astros for the early 80s. And Nolan Ryan, uh, the AL strikeout leader of each of the previous four seasons and seven of the previous eight seasons was also joining forces with J.R. Richard, uh, who was the NL strikeout leader in the previous two seasons and also had finished top five in the Cy Young in those two seasons. So kind of a dynamic duo for the Astros, maybe setting up for some success in the future. So we move on to the eighties and on July 4th, of course, on Independence Day, he became the fourth member of the 3,000 strikeout club. Pretty quick to do it, to be honest. And he ended up putting up a 335 ERA that season, 289 fifth, 98 ERA plus in 233 and two-thirds innings pitched. He finished seventh in innings pitched and second in fifth, also fourth in F war. The Astros went 92 and 70 and were tied with the Dodgers for first place in the NL West. And the Astros won game 163 to put them in the playoffs. So Ryan was now the fir- now a part of the Angels' first playoff team in history and the Astros' first playoff team in history. Uh, he's, just a, he's just some good luck, really. And he's a good guy to have on your team, of course. In game two of the National League Championship Series, down 1-0 in the series, he went six and a third innings pitched, allowed two runs, and earned a no decision in a 7-4 win over the Phillies. So got the job done. In game five, in a winner-take-all game, he allowed two runs through the first seven innings and entered the eighth with a five to two lead to start the eighth. He allowed three consecutive singles, then walked in a run and he was then taken out of the game and all three remaining runners scored. The Astros lost seven to five and lost the series. But I mean, obviously that's very unfortunate, but the Phillies team that they faced that year was dominant. They had Steve Carlton, Mike Schmidt, many guys that were just elite. Yeah. Pete Rose, Larry Boa. Mm-hmm just to yeah. name a few. And I forgot to put down in the prep sheet, he was also part of the uh, first Mets playoff team ever. So That's a good point, yeah. What, would you look at that? But Angels Angels and Astros in consecutive years being part of the first playoff teams ever. Uh, pretty wild. Um, I mean, and to be part of the, part of three teams' first playoff teams ever is pretty wild as well. And I mean, if you would have guessed it was anyone, you probably would have guessed it was Nolan Ryan. So now we get into 1981, 
which you could argue is Nolan Ryan's best season ever, uh, despite it being shortened by the strike. Uh, Nolan Ryan, through June 10th, put up a 1.37 ERA and a 2.10 slugging against in 79 innings pitched and had yet to allow a home run through June 10th. 79 innings pitched, no home runs, a 2.10 slugging against. And the MLB players went on strike on June 12th, and uh, the MLB determined that their playoffs would consist of eight teams, uh, with the first series of the playoffs being between the division's first-half winner and its second-half winner. And with the Astros being 28-29 and 29 before the strike, there's actually new hope to make a playoff run. They basically got to do over their season because they could just be the second half winners and make the playoffs. And they only had to be the best team of the second half of the postseason. So in the second half, uh, Nolan Ryan was still excellent, pushing the Astros towards a playoff spot. And Ryan put up a 2.06 ERA and a 2.23 slugging against in 70 innings pitched and only allowed two home runs in those 70 innings pitched. And his best performance was on September 26th against the Dodgers, uh, where he was on the verge of history with two outs in the ninth inning. So the commentators didn't really say it for us there, kind of gave the uh, reaction of the Astrodome. But there was Nolan Ryan completing his fifth no-hitter, which was which broke Sandy Koufax's record of four no-hitters. Nolan Ryan, Nolan Ryan now had uh, five. And Ryan ended up with a 1.69 ERA on the year, a 2.28 FIP, and a 195 ERA plus in 149 innings pitched. You know, everyone knew he could strike guys out, but this was the first year where he established himself as one of the elite run preventers. And he finished second in FIP on the year. And he led the league in home runs per nine with 0.1, hits per nine with 6.0. And he led the league in ERA and ERA plus for the first time in his career. And he finished third in B-War and fifth in F-War, uh, likely because of maybe lack of innings, but he did lead in, he did lead in ERA and ERA+. And he finished fourth in the Cy Young vote and 16th in the MVP vote. And his 216 slugging against on the year is the lowest slugging against in a qualifying season in the live ball era. 
and it is the only season since 1923 with 140 plus strikeouts and less than three home runs allowed. And the Astros ended up going 33 and 20 in that second half and won the National League West in the second half, putting them in the playoffs uh, against the first half NL West winners, the Los Angeles Dodgers, who he just he just no hit. So in game one of the NLDS, the first NLDS ever, uh, Ryan was dueling against the eventual National League Cy Young. Fernando Valenzuela and Ryan allowed a hit in the first inning, a walk in the second, then retired 16 consecutive batters, then allowed a game tying home run and then retired his next seven batters. So just that home run in the way. And in the bottom of the ninth, the Astros walked it off to give Nolan Ryan the win who went nine innings pitched with one run allowed, two hits allowed, one walk, and strike also he struck out seven batters and then in game five of the nlds it was clearly a winner take all game and he shut the dodgers out for the first five innings then allowed three runs two of them being earned in the sixth inning and ryan was taken out after the sixth and he got the loss as the astros were shut out so he went six innings two earned runs but unfortunately the the Astros were shut out that game, so any run he was going to allow was going to get him the loss. So now we move on to kind of a stagnant phase of, of Nolan Ryan's career. You know, I find it kind of funny how over the last at least 50 years, the MLB has kind of awkwardly had to adjust their playoff system like right before the season twice, and both times the Dodgers ended up winning the World Series. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's that's true. I guess the only caveat could be 95, but I feel like they had that figured out well before. I don't know when exactly they decided on the expanded playoff, but 81 in in 2020, uh, they had to, you know, awkwardly expand that and the Dodgers ended up victorious both times. Yeah. So any Dodgers haters, maybe, maybe claiming two fraudulent (laughs) world series. I don't know. Maybe Two Mickey Mouse rings. Maybe the 1981 Dodgers Twitter was, or 1981, like Giants Twitter was hating on their World Series. Probably. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. we now have the bridge years for Ryan and the Astros. In these four years, Ryan's ERA plus did not get above 114 during a season, and the Astros didn't make the playoffs. In 1982, he led the league in hits per nine with seven flat, and in 1983, with 6.1. He finished top 10 in FIP in 1983, 84, and 85, and finished top 10 in F4 in each of these four years. However, he did not lead the league in strikeouts or case per nine in any of these years, but he finished top five in all of them. His average season consisted of 216 innings pitched, a 3.27 ERA, a 2.98 FIP, a 103 ERA plus, a 1.22 WHIP, 8.7 strikeouts per nine, and 208 strikeouts. On April, 7, on April 27th, 1983, he was knocking on the door of a career record. Here it is. He strikes him out. Second time Blackwell has struck out, and that's the fourth strikeout of the afternoon for Ryan, and he has tied the all-time strikeout mark in the major leagues. Number 3,508. Ryan is being congratulated by his teammates 
around the infield. And the fans here give him a standing ovation. So Ryan has just reached the tying mark. 3,508 out on the tip of the cap. Number 3,000 was Chief Geronimo. The one-two pitch strike, three call on Mills. And there's the record breaker. So Ryan strikes out Tim Blackwell to catch Walter Johnson. And he strikes out Brad Mills to own that record all by himself. 3,509 strikeouts for Nolan Ryan. Blackwell and Mills, the strikeout victims to tie it and break it here in the bottom of the eighth in Montreal. Here's another look at the record-breaking strikeout. So Nolan Ryan becomes the all-time strikeout leader, but eventually in 1983, Steve Carlton passed him. Another show to be named later history alum. That is three connections we've made now. And at the end of 1984, Ryan had had the career strikeout lead by two. And on July 11th, 1985, Ryan was on the verge of a career milestone no one else had yet to reach. Six strikeouts by Nolan Ryan. He needs one strikeout to be the first man in the history of this great game to have 4,000 strikeouts. Strikeout number 4,000 for Nolan Ryan. Even manager Bob Lillis applauding what has to be one of the greatest feats in the history of this great game. Nolan struck out his first batter on September 1st or September 11th of 1966 for the New York Mets. And here he strikes out Danny Heap of the New York Mets for his 4,000th career. And the commissioner, Peter Uberoff, is here to see it. So Nolan Ryan now with 4,000 career strikeouts. Incredible milestone. And now we move on to 1986, where he goes back to the playoffs. And he put up a 3.34 ERA, a 3.06 FIP, and a 107 ERA plus in 178 innings pitched. He finished seventh in FIP and fifth in WHIP with a 1.13. The Astros went 96 and 66 and won the National League by a the one National League West, excuse me, by a 10 game margin. And the LCS became a best of seven in 1985. So this was obviously, you know, they had to win more. In game two of the NLCS, down 1-0 against the New York Mets. Uh, he threw three perfect innings to start the game, but then allowed five runs in the fourth and fifth. And he ended up with five earned runs and five innings pitched. He got the loss in a 5-1 deficit to the Mets. In game five of the NLCS, with the series tied, he retired his first 13 batters, with eight of them being strikeouts, and then allowed a game-tying solo home run, then retired the last six batters, allowing a single and a walk in the seventh, then retiring his last six. He ended up with nine innings pitched, two hits allowed, one walk, one run, and 12 strikeouts 
but got no decision as the game went to extras. So not his fault he didn't get the win. The Astros lost the game and then lost the series in the next game. Ryan remains the only pitcher to have multiple games in, a, in the postseason with nine innings pitched and less than three hits allowed. So now we move on to 1987, where the team steps back, uh, but Nolan Ryan takes some steps forward. Uh, in 1987, Ryan finished ninth in innings pitched with 211 and two-thirds innings pitched. He finished. He also finished third in whip with a 1.13, and he led the league in hits per nine once again with 6.5, strikeouts with 270, strikeouts per nine with 11.5, uh, a career high for him, strikeout-to-walk ratio with a 3.1, FIP with a 2.47, ERA with a 2.76 and ERA plus with a 142. Nolan Ryan not only getting the strikeouts, but also leading the league in earned run prevention. And he finished fifth in B war and he led the league in F war. But unfortunately with only an average of 3.3 runs scored for him per game on the other side of the baseball, uh, Nolan Ryan in this season where he led the league in ERA, ERA plus, FIP, strikeouts, hits per nine. In this year, he went eight and 16 uh, record-wise. Couldn't win the games, unfortunately. Uh, Ryan allowed four plus earned runs three times, and he got the loss in each of these games, so didn't get the benefit of the doubt there. He had a one and four record when allowing exactly three earned runs. Uh, he had a one in five record when allowing exactly two earned runs. So even when he's doing very well, uh, a one in five record when doing that. And he had a two in four record when allowing exactly one earned run. And because of this, because of this lack of luck and uh, bad record, he finished fifth in the Cy Young vote. And became the first pitcher in Major League history to lead the league in ERA and strikeouts and not win the Cy Young. And it is the only season in the live ball era with 200 plus innings pitched, a FIP of less than 2.5 and less than nine wins. And it is the only season in baseball history with less than nine wins and 250 plus strikeouts. Uh, it is also the only season in baseball history with more than 211 more than 211 innings an era plus of 140 or better and less than nine wins and also his 11.5 strikeouts per nine are the most in a qualifying season by a player in their age 40 season or older How about that? that's right he's doing he's leading the league in era era plus strikeouts all that and he's 40 at the time uh and he's not even close to being done so now we move into 1988, where he's closing it out with Houston. Struggled through his first 27 starts. He had a 4.12 ERA and 179 innings pitched. But over his last six starts, he turned it around. He put up an 0.88 ERA, folks, 0.88 in 41 innings pitched with 52 strikeouts and seven walks in his final six starts. On the year, he ended up with a 3.52 ERA, a 3.04 FIP a 94 ERA plus in 220 innings pitched. 
and he led the league in strikeouts with 228 and Ks per nine with a 9.3. And the owner wanted to give Ryan a pay cut for the season, so Ryan decided to go into free agency instead. And the Rangers, crosstown rival, were excited for the opportunity, or cross-state rival, I should say, were excited for the opportunity to sign Ryan, so they signed him and raised his salary. And this is where Ryan pulls the Uno reverse card on Father Time. In 1989, he developed a changeup while in Houston, which was another great weapon to add to his already feared fastball and curveball. And on August 22nd, he was one strike strikeout away from creating an exclusive club. Him is he is the only person invited. So that was that was strikeout number five thousand, I believe. I couldn't yes. really hear the audio. Is that correct? Yeah, five thousand career strikeouts. And that season in '89, he ended up with a 3.20 ERA, a 2.51 FIP, and a 1.24 ERA plus in 239 point in third innings pitched. He finished eighth in innings pitched, second in WHIP with a 109, fourth in K to walk ratio with a 3.1, second in FIP, and tenth in ERA plus. He led the league in hits per nine with 6.1, strikeouts with 301, and strikeouts per nine with 11.4. He finished seventh in B-War and second in F-War. Fifth in the Cy Young voting and 23rd in the MVP vote. His 18-10 strikeout games are the most by a pitcher age 40 or older in a single season. No other pitcher 42 or older has more, three, more than three strikeout games in a single season. Nolan Ryan had 18 in 1989. He had eight 12 strikeout games. No other pitcher age 42 or older has had more than one such game in a single season. His 2.51 FIP is the lowest in a qualifying season in the live ball era by a pitcher aged 42 or older. His 11.3 strikeouts per nine are the most in a qualifying season by a pitcher in their age 42 season or older. This season also has the highest F4 for a pitcher in their age 42 season or older. He also remains the oldest pitcher to have 300 plus strikeouts in a season. He was in his age 42 season and the next oldest to do it was in their age 38 season. And lastly, 46-year-old Tommy John retired after the season, making Nolan Ryan the oldest player in the league. And uh, this is 1990. Nolan Ryan's 43. And uh, it doesn't really matter how old he is. Uh, in his first start of 1990, uh, he threw five no-hit innings before getting taken out with 91 pitches, and he ended up earning the victory. Uh, in his first start of 1990. And then uh, in 1990, in his fourth start, uh, in this in fourth start of his 1990 season, he threw a one-hit, two-walk, 16-strikeout shutout 
against the White Sox. And this was the first game with 14-plus strikeouts by a pitcher 43 or older, but this was certainly not the last game, uh, last 16-plus, 14-plus strikeout game by a pitcher 43 or older. And this remains the only one hitter by a pitcher 43 or older. And on June 11th, uh, Ryan had to face the 38 and 17 Oakland Athletics, the reigning champions, might I add, that we did an episode about. Uh, the 38 and 17 Athletics, who were also headed by Ricky Henderson, who was in the midst of an MVP run. Ricky Henderson, we've also talked about, uh, part one, episode 41. But 29 batters later in this outing, uh, Ryan pretty much proved why this team was still no match for the 43-year-old. From the crowd of 35,000-plus here in Oakland, Nolan Ryan, the 2-0 pitch. Fly ball, right field. Ruben Sierra and foul gets no hitter number six against the uh, best team of the American league in the late eighties, early nineties. This was the first no hitter by a pitcher for uh, 42 or older. No, the first one, uh, not the last one. And this was the first no hitter with 14 plus strikeouts by a pitcher 40 or older. And then on July 31st, uh, the trade deadline, uh, Nolan Ryan entered uh, his start with a 299 and 267 uh, record. He's going to look to change that in a positive way. Well, 10 4 on the year, the 401 earn run average in his. 19th appearance of the season. Excellent numbers. Got him swinging. Nolan Ryan punches out Paul Molitor to begin things here in Milwaukee. Again, the one-two pitch now coming to Sheffield. Got him swinging. Foul tipped into the glove of Gino Petrali. And Ryan strikes out two in the first. And Franco to nullify that one hit by Parker. And Vaughn gone on strikes. Nolan Ryan with his first punch out since the first inning. He's now at 294 on the year. And he's down on strikes for the second time tonight. Yeah, so you want to probably talk to your grandkids in a few years saying that, hey, I was behind the plate on the 300th win of Nolan and Ryan. And Yount going on strikes. Ryan strikes out a pair here in the fifth inning. And so to have it here on the road, I think a little less pressure. Now Greg Vaughn becomes Nolan Ryan's sixth strikeout victim. That's twice that Vaughn has gone down on strikes. Of late has been very effective. Everyone out there doing a pretty good job. And O'Brien down on strikes as Nolan records number seven. Ryan again with a 2-2 pitch. Got him swinging. Spires down on strikes. Nolan has eight. 
And the play-by-play -play done by his son. So Nolan is through seven innings. And Brewers strand one will go to the eighth. Texas five, Milwaukee one. George W. Bush hoping like all of us are that Nolan Ryan can get his 300th victory. The question is, will he complete it? And the answer has been given. Bobby Valentine out of the Ranger dugout. And that will do it for Nolan Ryan tonight. A standing ovation for Nolan Ryan. 51,533 people in County Stadium, Milwaukee, on their feet, applauding the greatest strikeout pitcher, no-hit pitcher, to ever put on a Major League Baseball uniform. Nolan Ryan. Arnsberg's pitch, fly ball, center field, this should do it. Pettis makes the catch, and Nolan Ryan and the Rangers are victorious. Nolan Ryan, his 300th career victory, and you can charge up the bus for Cooperstown. Nolan Ryan officially has had his ticket validated. So Nolan Ryan gets career win number 300. Uh, fi finally, a milestone for Mr. Uh, for Mr. Ryan, able finally able to get one. Uh, and then on August 17th, about 17 days later, uh, Ryan pitched a 10 inning. He pitched 10 innings uh, with three hits allowed, no walks, and 15 strikeouts in a no decision. And that is the only game by a pitcher 40 or older with 15 plus strikeouts and no walks. How about that? And in 1990, he ended up with a career best 3.3 walks per nine and 3.14 strikeout to walk ratio. And he also ended up with a 3.44 ERA, 287 FIP, and 114 ERA plus in 204 total innings pitched. He finished third in FIP and second in strikeout-to-walk ratio. And he led the league in hits per nine with 6.0, whip with 1.03, strikeouts with 232, and strikeouts per nine with 10.2. And he finished third in the league in F4 and finished 25th in the MVP vote. And in 1987, 1988, 1989, and 1990, he continuously reset the record for oldest pitcher to lead his league in strikeouts. Uh, and then also in 1990, every single year for four straight years, he was resetting that record. And also in 1990, he had eight games with 10 plus strikeouts. No other pitcher, 43 or older, has had more than three in a single season. And also his 232 strikeouts in 1990 
are the most by a pitcher in a single season in their age 43 season or older. How about that? And his F4 in 1990 is the highest in a single season by a pitcher in their age 43 season or older. How about that? It is also the only season by a pitcher in their age 43 season or older with 200 plus innings pitched and a FIP of less than three. And it is the only season by a pitcher in their age 43 season or older with 200 plus innings pitched and a whip of less than 1.05. And it is the only season by a pitcher in their age 43 season or older with 200 plus innings and 10 plus strikeouts per nine. I just want to add uh, one of the people that struck out in his 300th win game was Paul Molitor. That is the fifth uh, separate player that we've done uh, that Nolan Ryan has a connection with. I think it's the best thing I've seen here is that we've made connections with Sandy Koufax and Ricky Henderson in the same show with Nolan Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. Henderson and Molitor like both started at the mm-hmm. same time or yeah. Like, I mean, Nolan Ryan's first Nolan year Ryan. was Sandy Koufax last year. Yeah, his first year was, uh, was Koufax's last. 66. Yeah. So anyway, yep. we go on to 1991. And each of the, his first five starts, he struck out nine-plus batters. Those five starts took place in the Rangers' first 20 games, and no one else, 44 or older, has more than two games with nine-plus strikeouts in their team's first 20 games. In that fifth start, Ryan had to face the Blue Jays, who were the future 1991 AL East champions. They had a lineup featuring Devon White, Roberto Alomar, John Olerud, and Joe Carter. 29 batters later, sure enough, the 44-year-old showed why this team was no match for him. If I'm wrong, but I believe that no hitter happened on the same day that Ricky Henderson stole his 939th base. Uh, this May first, was... May first, 1991. Yeah. Yep. I think so. I think yes, so. It was. I'm 100 sure it was. Uh, those happened on the same day, which is pretty incredible. Uh, Nolan Ryan ended up with two walks and 16 strikeouts in the no hitter, and it remains the only game by a pitcher age 44 or older with 15-plus strikeouts. How about that? His 101-game score remains the highest by a pitcher four or older in a single game. And just to give you some perspective, 101, that 
led the league in 2020. There was no single start that had a better game score than 101. I think Lucas Giolito had a 99, and that was the best that there was to offer in the shortened season. This was the fourth career no-hitter with 14-plus strikeouts. No one else has more than one such no-hitter. On July 7th, he took a no-hitter into the eighth, but ended up going eight and a third innings pitched, allowing two hits and walking one batter while striking out 14. And his 92 game score in that game remains the second highest by a pitcher 44 or older in a single regulation game, of course, second to his own. And that, that game and the no-hitter from earlier in the season are the only two games by a pitcher 44 or older with 14-plus strikeouts. Um, and, yeah, I, uh, I, I looked at our uh, – Ricky Henderson prep sheet. Yeah, same exact day. I knew it. Same exact day. Look at look at that. Uh May 1st, 1991. Remember Pretty that. Ricky Henderson um, I remember that because I was at the Hall of Fame with my dad a couple of years ago. And in the Hall of Fame, they have like this big like projector. They have like these three or four projectors where you can go through these highlights of every decade. And there's like a there's like a a date listed for everyone. And I noticed Ricky Henderson's and, and it goes chronological order. So Ricky Henderson's 939th steal and Nolan Ryan's seventh no hitter were just listed on the same date. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. Henderson breaks the record. And then later that night. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, big night, Ryan big night for the American league West. Yeah. A lot, a lot going on there. Yeah. That's one, of them, one of them was actually like anticipated, which is funny. Yeah. That's what I love about no hitters and perfect games is like, you like, never know. Remember, um, like if you watch highlights of like Dallas Braden's perfect game, there's, it's like a quarter filled stadium. No <laughs> one's really anticipating anything. And then 27 batters later, it's just, you know, a historic moment. Exactly. Like it's yeah, just no- it's completely right. It can happen on a, on a Saturday night game with a full house. It can happen on a Wednesday afternoon travel game. You never know. Yeah, it could happen in a World Series game. It yeah. could happen on, you know, a, a Sunday afternoon in in uh, in May. Yeah. Um, and Nolan Ryan, back to Nolan Ryan in 1991, which was pretty spectacular, especially considering his age. He ended up with a 2.91 ERA and a 2.75 FIP and a 140 ERA plus and 173 innings pitch. He's 40%. That means he's 40% above average um, in his age 44 season. Pretty incredible. And he finished fifth in ERA, second in FIP, and sixth in ERA plus in 1991. Also finished third in strikeouts with 203. He also led the league in hits per nine with 5.3. 5.3, that's right. Whip with 1.01. Strikeouts per nine with 10.6 and he finished sixth in B war and seventh in F war. And it is the only season by a pitcher in their age 44 season or older with 200 plus strikeouts and his hits per nine whip FIP and ERA plus are all single season bests in a qualifying season for a pitcher in their age 44 season or older. And he had uh, 5.3 hits per nine, as noted earlier, in 1991. 5.3 hits per nine. No other pitcher in the age 44 season or older 
has had less than eight hits per nine in a qualifying season. How about that? And his 5.3 hits per nine remain the sixth lowest in, in a qualifying season all time and fourth lowest if you take out the 60-game 2020 season. Uh, if we... <laughs> If if we did this show in the in the first half, it would have been the fourth lowest in a qualifying season. But twenty, you know, twenty twenty happens, and then uh, you know, twenty twenty happens. Yeah, yeah, I mean, how how twenty twenty is that? You know, right? Nolan Ryan's records are, are getting mixed in with uh with Trevor <laughs> Bauer and the Nelson. Shane Bieber. Oh, that's yeah. those two. Okay. Oh, we're talking National League, are we? Oh no, wait, never not, never mind. Bieber was uh Bieber was better at well, like walk prevention. I think he yeah. his hits per nine it was up there, but it was not ahead of uh Nolan Ryan. Yeah, his, sure. uh, most people were not able to do that. And Ryan um Ryan in nineteen ninety one had the only qualifying season in baseball history, not just this is not an age statistic. It's the only qualifying season in baseball history with 200 plus strikeouts and less than 105 hits. How about that? So the strikeouts and the hit prevention never really been seen uh, before like that in, in that 1991 season. And this caps off a, an incredible, incredible three-year run by the, uh, the 44-year-old at the time. Uh, from 1989 to 1991, he led all of Major League Baseball in strikeouts. He had the ninth best F, ninth best B WAR, and the second best F WAR behind Roger Clemens. So now we we move on to. He's riding into the sunset, but the sunset's pretty late. It's like the summer solstice. Yeah, this you know, is this is not the sunset was supposed the sun was supposed to go down like six years ago. Yeah. But yeah. it's still up for some reason. So on June six, on June sixteenth, when the Rangers traveled to Angel Stadium, the Angels retired Nolan Ryan to number thirty. And on July fourth, he threw a complete game, allowing three hits, one walk, and one run. While from that game remains the highest in a single game by a pitcher aged uh, forty-five years and nineteen days old or older. Well, sir. Who had to who had to ruin that stat for you where you had to add the days? It was uh what's his nickname? It's Randy Johnson. Oh, that the makes unit. sense. It was okay. the unit. Yeah, no, that makes sense. His 13 strikeouts remained the most in a single game by a pitcher age 45 or older. Uh pretty impressive. On August 6th, he struck out 12 batters, and that game on July 4th, uh the July 4th game from earlier that year remained the only games by a pitcher 45 years or older with 10 plus strikeouts. So he ended the season, his age 45 season with a 372 ERA, a 308 FIP and a 103 ERA plus and 157 in the third innings pitched. His FIP was the seventh lowest among AL pitchers with 150 plus innings pitched. His 157 strikeouts remain the most in a single season by a player in their age 45 season or older. It is the only season by a pitcher in their age 45 season or older with 150 plus innings pitched and eight plus case per nine. So now we go into 1993 uh, where 
Ryan's body was finally beginning to break down, and he only made three starts heading into July 19th. However, his body is breaking down, but on August 4th, he's still ready to face off against Robin Ventura for the second time of the game and really show what that body can do at age 46. Here's Ventura, RBI single in the first. Watch out. Look at this. give credit to Robin Ventura for having the guts to show his face in public after that day, because not only did he keep playing baseball, but he actually became a manager uh, later on. Because first of all, if you're charging a 46 year old, that's pretty low of you. And if you're going to lose, like you, you can't, you can't ever show your face again. Yeah. So he was actually allowed to stay in the game after that. And he didn't allow a hit after the fight. And he only allowed one batter to reach base out of the 13 that were faced later on. On September 22nd, he tore his UCL. And later that night, he said, quote, I heard a ligament pop like a rubber band, and there's no way I'll ever be able to throw again. My body is telling me it's move, time to move on and do something else. So Nolan Ryan eventually, at the age of 46, retires from the game after so many years in the big leagues. And I can't confirm this through any source, but I've heard before some rumors that the last pitch he ever threw was 98 miles an hour. Um, I mean, that's, that sounds like a ligament popping a uh, pitch. Yeah. <laughs> if they're at the age of 46, he's still pumping 98 to big league hitters. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's believable. I mean, a guy that's getting, you know, in his age 45 season, still getting about a strikeout per inning. Mm-hmm. It makes sense that he would be throwing on the, uh, on the upper half of the nineties. Yeah. A a guy, a guy getting a 16 strikeout, no hitter when he's 44. I mean, the, the, the ball had so much life on it. uh, And it's incredible that he was doing that in his mid forties. So yeah, I believe, I would believe it for sure. Uh, It doesn't seem that shocking, but yeah, that's, that's Nolan Ryan. And now we get into uh, Nolan Ryan's post career, which was also successful for him. Uh, on September 15th of 1996, uh, his number 34 was retired by the Rangers. Even though he only played five years there, uh, they, they retired his number. And on September 29th of 1996, uh, just two weeks later, his number 34 was retired by the Astros. And he became the first player to have his number retired by three different teams, uh, loved by many different organizations that's 10 percent of the league that's retired as number and in 1999 nolan ryan was inducted into the hall of fame with 98.8 percent of the vote 
and this was the second highest voting percentage at the time, and it is currently the fifth highest voting percentage of all time. And in his speech, he paid tribute to 2020 Hall of Fame inductee uh, Marvin Miller, who was uh, a big part of the Players Association and getting players their, their due in terms of uh, finances. And Nolan Ryan was a was a big um, was a big beneficiary of that, as he was you know the first uh, professional athlete to make more than a million dollars a year when he signed with the Astros. And when his sons, uh, of course his his sons were Division One pitchers when they pitched at Texas Christian University, TCU as you may know it as, uh, Nolan Ryan actually volunteered as a pitching coach. And in the late 90s, uh, Ryan teamed up with colleague Don Sanders to purchase the Jackson Generals of the Texas League. They were a double-A team. And they, uh, this ownership group, uh, the Ryan Sanders ownership group, uh, tried to bring the team to Austin, Texas. But when that was rejected by the city, they decided to bring the team to Round Rock, Texas and name the team the Round Rock Express. Uh, after Nolan Ryan's nickname, the Ryan Express. And uh, this team, the Round Rock Express, shattered league attendance records. And before 2005, with this success, the Ryan Sanders ownership group bought the AAA Edmonton Trappers from the Pacific Coast League. Then they uh, decided to move the Round Rock team to Corpus Christi and move the Edmonton team into the Round Rock Stadium. Uh, so the Round Rock team was now the team in Round Rock Stadium was a triple A team. The one in Corpus Christi was a double A team and the Corpus Christi team uh, had the same popularity as the Round Rock team as the Round Rock team was still going. And in February of 2008, uh, Nolan Ryan was named president of the Texas Rangers and he became the first Hall of Fame player. Uh, to be an executive for a major league franchise since Christy Mathewson. And in 2011, when their CEO stepped down, he was named CEO of the Rangers. Uh, and then two years later in 2013, he stepped down from both positions with the Rangers. Then in 2014, he accepted a position as an executive advisor for Astros owner, Jim Crane. And after Ryan's son, was demoted at his position with the Astros after the 2019 World Series. Uh, Ryan decided not to return for the 2020 season, so he's not really affiliated with, with anyone right now, uh, but uh, probably will be taking a, a position, some position in baseball at some point. It's still very relevant in, uh, in the baseball world. So now we get into uh, Nolan Ryan's all-time ranks and then ultimately his legacy. So he is 14th all-time in career wins with 324. He is 20th in career pitcher B-War and 6th in career pitcher F-War. He really benefits on fan graphs. He is the all-time leader in strikeouts with 5,714, hits per nine with 6.6, .6, and average against of 204. His career slugging against, which is 298, and OPS against of 606 is the lowest of anyone with 2,500-plus innings pitched. Uh, so that's pretty impressive. His 12 times leading the league in Ks per nine are the most such times in baseball history. 
and his 12 times leading the league in hits per nine are the also are also the most such times of baseball history and no one else has done it more than six times so now we get into and i know we probably hit this button we probably hit the how about that button more <laughs> times than any other episode i paused a couple of times because i was expecting it yeah uh for all-time ranks i i i don't go with the uh with the how about that button but because i usually go with what uh what I just find on uh, on Stathead, but I guess Fair I enough. did find slugging percentage against and OBP against, but it's complicated. I guess I have a different, a weird process with it. But now we get into the official Nolan Ryan edition. Yeah, no, of... So uh, Nolan Ryan, first of all, we should say, he struck out six different father-son duos. Uh, <laughs> he struck out the Willses, the Showfields, the Griffies, the Franconas, the Alomars and the Bonses, uh, six different father-son duos. Wild. That's incredible. That's what you find that like think. through somewhere else or through your own research. Uh, that was, um, that was uh, research from your own. Or no, no, no. That's no. Uh, uh, okay, it's not your like. You yeah, didn't find I, it though. Like it's I not. Find, no. Sure, sure. This, this was information provided. Um, there was a there was a VHS documentary, and there was also they also uh, put it out in uh, one of the no hitter telecasts that I sure. watched. It was in his seven, during his seventh no hitter. They listed out all the father son duos that he struck out, <laughs> and maybe after 1991, he he got another he got another father son duo. But uh, <laughs> anyway, Ryan has. 13 qualifying seasons with a FIP of less than three. And no one else in the live ball era has more than nine such seasons. How about that? He also has 19 qualifying seasons, 19 with eight plus strikeouts per nine. And no one else in baseball history has more than 14 such seasons. How about that? He also has 11 qualifying seasons with an OPS against of 600 or less. And no one else in baseball history has more than eight such seasons. How about that? And he also has 11 qualifying seasons with an average against of 200 or less. 11 qualifying seasons. No one else in baseball history has more than four such seasons. How about that? Ryan also has five seasons with 280 plus innings pitched and 9.8 plus strikeouts per nine. There is only one other, there's only one such season in baseball history done by anyone else. And Nolan Ryan has five of those seasons. How about that? Ryan also has 35 career games with 10 plus strikeouts and less than three hits allowed. No one else in baseball history has more than 21. How about that? And Nolan Ryan's seven no hitters are, of course, known as an all-time record but his 12 one hitters are tied for an all-time record his 18 two hitters are also tied for an all-time record and his 32 three hitters are an all-time record How about that? and ryan also took five other no hitters into the ninth inning so there's potential for more no hitters that he fell short just three outs or less away 
And Ryan's 215 games, career games, with 10-plus strikeouts remain the most in baseball history. How about that? And he also has 34 career games with 10-plus strikeouts after turning 42. Uh, no one else has more than five such games. How about that? He had 34 10-plus strikeout games after turning 42. No one else uh, could get over five. And Ryan has the only seven games by a pitcher 42 or older with 14-plus strikeouts. How about that? He's got seven. No one else has any. Uh, and not only does he have the only two no-hitters by a pitcher 42 or older, he has the only three one-hitters by a pitcher 42 or older. How about that? And career-wise, he is the only pitcher in the live ball era with 4,000 plus innings pitched and a FIP of less than three. How about that? He is also the only pitcher in baseball history with 5,000 plus innings pitched and less than 4,000 hits allowed. How about that? And Ryan is also the only pitcher in baseball history with 4,500 plus innings pitched and more than one strikeout per inning. So now we move on to Nolan Ryan's legacy. Uh, what what his legacy actually is after after all this, you know, what can we make of Nolan Ryan's career? Well, first of all, his career strikeout record probably won't be reached by anyone else for a variety of reasons. First of all, it's hard to hard to get you know nine point five strikeouts per nine, but it you know he also threw over five thousand innings. Yeah, that's uh, happening. No one's going to get to 5,000 innings. I don't think anyone will get to 4,000 in, innings again. Uh, I think Randy Johnson and Roger Clemens might have been the last guys to do it. Uh, so they're therefore reaching 5,715 strikeouts, uh, which would break the record. That'll be very challenging, and I don't know if anyone's ever going to be able to do that. And Ryan's average against record hits per nine record and no hitter record uh, label him the most unhittable pitcher of all time. You know, he may have walked more guys than he would have liked to, but he was definitely the most unhittable of all time uh, with all the, with all those records. And, you know, the strikeout record also proves that ultimately. And uh, what also should be, taken away from Nolan's Nolan Ryan's career made a significant impact on four different teams. Yeah. You know, he helped win the Mets a world series. He helped get the angels to uh, their first playoff appearance ever. He helped get the Astros to their first playoff appearance ever. And he made some big starts in those playoffs. And the reason they didn't win the world series uh, was never really because of, uh, because of him. And when he went to the Rangers, he was probably, he was the first big time Ranger and he had some of his most historic moments ever. And he was impactful enough to get their number retired, get his number retired by them. Uh, and also what I pointed out earlier with, with Daniel, Nolan Ryan, possibly among, you know, all fan bases, all ages, all, you know, all, all different ways of life 
He's possibly the most universally loved pitcher of all time. I mean, how can you not love Nolan Ryan? He's got the strikeout record. He was doing it into his mid-40s. He was winning fights. He threw yeah. seven no-hitters. He gave a lot of happiness to a lot of people. And, uh, you know, he's, I would say, possibly the most universally loved pitcher of all time, I would say. You, that's a perfect point you made there. You kind of said it exactly how I wanted. I mean, pick your reason for loving Nolan Ryan. Do you want to do it because he had 5,000 strikeouts? Do you want to do it because he pitched until he was 46? Do you want to love him because he beat the crap out of Robin Ventura? There's so many options and none of them are the wrong answer. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, you know, I, I put him on the list because, you know, there's so many stats yeah. to put on him but like you know you you become a little hesitant because you know you know, with with the history series sometimes we like to point out guys that don't get as much as much shine in the history books but you know mm-hmm. everyone loves everyone loves Nolan Ryan and uh yeah you know he 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 gets that love because of all these records all mm-hmm. you know him throwing in throwing probably high 90s into his mid 40s um, and I don't think one thing that also should be pointed out, no one else did it like Nolan Ryan. He may not be the best to ever do it, but no one else really pitched. No one was able to have a career like Nolan Ryan, no. pitching that many innings, getting that many strikeouts. And uh, for that age. And go, yeah, and being able to pitch that many years. Like People were so impressed. Level. People were so impressed when Bartolo Colon was like having okay games at the age of 43. Like Nolan Ryan was striking out 10 guys per game at the age of 45 yeah doing it doing it with ease yeah and uh yeah being being an elite an elite pitcher into his mid-40s getting 16 strikeout no hitters it was uh it's pretty wild uh yeah he pitched 27 different mlb seasons uh it's yeah it's crazy because he did start his he did pitch his first game at 19 and his final game at 46 uh, which is very, very. He was in the league at the same time as Sandy Koufax, and he retired in the in the early '90s. Yes, yeah, like his career overlapped with Koufax and uh, Pedro. Yeah, and that's that's how he was able to get all those uh, father son duos. Yeah. Ultimately, getting both Bonds's, both Griffey's, it's uh, pretty incredible. But yeah, that closes the book on the Nolan Ryan part of the episode. Uh, possibly our longest, our longest, uh, our longest one yet. I think it's that and Bonds. This and Bonds for sure. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they definitely have the most stats, and along with that, a, a lot of video to go with it. So. Yeah. I mean, like Nolan Ryan, he was great in his teens. He was great in his twenties. He was great in his thirties, and yes, he was great well into his forties. So there's so much to go over. Yeah, and uh, we had like ten videos to show. Mm-hmm. You know what we have you know we get a lot of notes on like a guy like uh lou gehrig but there's not really any footage on him so exactly we haven't had a lot of footage for people in a while because we had jimmy fox rogers hornsby and lou gehrig back to back to back yeah there was there was nothing for for any of them so yeah we were we were glad yeah. to have there's uh, one video combined for all three of them yeah there for for our for those three, it was just Gehrig's uh, farewell speech. 
yeah yeah uh we hope you enjoyed the nolan ryan episode uh our last our last history our last player we're talking about in the year 2020 and uh we hope you enjoyed this episode um if you're listening on that apple podcast or spotify and want to watch the videos with us go to our youtube channel um Go to our YouTube channel right now. It is as of this date. It is called STBNL with Christiana and Daniel Curran, but it will likely be something different in the next few days. Uh, follow us on social media. Follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore Gianta. Follow Daniel on both Twitter and Instagram at Daniel underscore Curran, and follow the show Instagram uh, at STBNL Podcast. That is also subject of change. And we hope you enjoyed the Nolan Ryan part of the episode, and we hope to see you tomorrow, where we are talking about one of the most dominant teams. We'll of see all you time. next year. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see you next year, uh, in 2021. On the other side of this year, uh, where we're talking about one of the most dominant teams of all time, the 1998 Yankees. We will see you then.